Mywax Museum is a proud member of the Creative Grapevine. Hey, just popping in before the show to mention today's sponsor, RateThisPodcast.com. Podcasters, ratings and reviews are important, especially when you're just starting out. Visit RateThisPodcast.com and claim a memorable link for your podcast that you can read out on air and share on social media. It makes it super easy for your listeners to leave you a review. Oh, and this isn't part of the script, but my favorite thing about RateThisPodcast.com is that it aggregates the reviews, and it lets you know when you have a new one and where it's from. Super convenient. I love it. And, by the way, if you want to leave us a review, please visit RateThisPodcast.com slash wax. Again, that's RateThisPodcast.com slash wax. We'll have all of those links in the show notes below. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by my friend and a fellow podcaster, Waffles. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed listening back through this interview. Waffles has some great ideas on how to help people both globally and individually. He's a caring person who thinks deeply about the specific ways he can help the people around him. And I loved this conversation. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Waffles, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, I'm glad it is. We can, we can do this remotely. You're actually, I guess you're the second uh, Kiwi that I've interviewed. I, I interviewed Mario before, but um, it, it, it's nice to have you here. I always start off the interview with um, with how we know each other. So if you'd like to dive into how we got connected um, and we can go from there. I put out feelers on Twitter to try and get onto other podcasts and the wonderful podcast History A uh, decided that for some reason I was interesting enough to interview uh, and so we had a really good conversation about the history of improvisation, uh, and which case she then thought of you and put me in touch. Uh, and so then we uh, got to chatting and decided that we would collaborate and do a couple of episodes of your other show, People of Home Together. Um, and then we got you on our show, uh, Waffles and Mario Talk About Things. Uh, and that was really fun and probably one of the better episodes that we've ever recorded. And yeah, and then you decided for whatever reason you just wanted me and Mario on this show. And so here we are. Or here I am and Mario's already done it. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is funny how, how we get in touch with people. Um, and, and I actually, I listened to that episode of the History A podcast uh, that Rosie does. And uh, it was awesome. I like, I, I had no idea. Um, and, and you gave a cool shout out to, um, one, to somebody who's actually from, uh, my hometown of Calgary. So that was pretty cool too. Or not from, but he like helped build it up. Yeah. 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 Uh, fill us in a little bit. Where, where are you from originally? Generalized Kiwi. I, I was born in Dunedin, which is at the bottom of the South Island, but I've lived in Kaitaia, which is all the way at the top of the North Island, and I'm currently situated in Christchurch, which is the center of the South Island. Um, and so I'm sort of from New Zealand 
in general. And so, um, and you've grown up there your whole life. You've never lived anywhere else. No, um, probably will travel and live in other countries at some stage when I actually get my life together. But um, for now, New Zealand is home. Okay, okay. So tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up in New Zealand for you. New Zealand is it's quite a peaceful country. We just because of our general uh, location on on the planet, we're sort of sheltered from a lot of the worst of of life. We are sort of very privileged and and very lucky to to be in the position that we're in. Uh, and so, yeah. So growing up in New Zealand's good. It's uh, you, you know we have beautiful beaches. A lot of my childhood, I remember associated with beaches um we have gorgeous forests so you know you could just go and hike forever we we sort of have a strong conservationist bent in in this country and so there's a lot of nature a lot of focus on the environment um and so you sort of grow up in that sort of community that sort of actually sort of wants to you know do the best for the country um and yeah, and, and so it wasn't until I was actually a lot older and more aware of other, other countries existing that I sort of realized just how lucky New Zealand is and always tried to um, always tried to hold that privilege in, in check, always try to sort of acknowledge, um, you know, our, our position in the world and not become complacent with it. Hmm. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's a pretty small country, um, both geographically and, and population-wise. Um, and so what, what do you think, you, you talked about the conservation efforts, um, in New Zealand. Um, what, like, tell me a little bit about that. How do you benefit from that? I, I think it's, it's one of those things where for, for future generations, uh, like I want future generations to sort of grow up in a, in a world relatively similar to the one I grew up in. And a lot of nations aren't you know going to have that like the the extinction of species the destruction of of habitat that's just going to you know become a reality to a lot of other countries and if new zealand can hold on to our our past we can hold on on to our um, natural beauty and diversity then you know, I think that's something that we should be fighting for and something that a lot of people in New Zealand are, are fighting for and seems like the government is on board with and everything else. And so it's one of those things where on an international stage, if New Zealand can be an innovator and a world leader in a lot of these areas, if we can be sort of pushing conservation forward internationally, then, you know, then that's something that can have a real positive impact can have a real sort of change it's not just in terms of like the natural beauty or, or what we can gain from exploiting the resources or anything like that but when you look at things like climate change and, and stuff like that it's something that you know the world needs examples the world needs to be, have uh, countries that can look to and actually say look they're doing it relatively fine over there why can't we try something similar uh, and so because as being part of the Pacific, there's a lot of our Pacific neighbors are really suffering from the effects of climate change in terms of the more severe weather, in terms of the rising tides, and in, in terms of um, you, you know the destruction to their 
economics in terms of tourism and things like that, that's all been affected by it. And so as a Pacific partner, as a country with close ties, you know, both culturally and economically to a lot of these smaller nations, I, I feel it's it's part of our duty, um, just as the position we are, to to try to help them out, to try and, you know, preserve them as well. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not just a local thing, it's an international thing. Right, right. It's a bigger issue. Um, I, I'm curious, you, you mentioned when you, when you realized that, um, that there were other countries and that they didn't have it as good as you did. Um, what, what, what were some of the first things that you, that you learned that kind of tipped you off to that? Uh, the big one was, so Australia is our, our neighbor. It's the big country beside us that everybody thinks that we are. Um, and the first sort of indication that I had that other countries weren't as, you know, focused on uh, conservation as we were was the uh, Great Barrier Reef. Uh, in particular, the bleaching of the reef and the um, destruction of just miles of natural underwater habitat. Um, and so when I sort of realized that was happening and that was something that people were largely ignoring or weren't really sort of giving it the focus that I believed it deserved, um, then I've that sort of really sort of got me tipping onto it. And then there's, you know, the destruction of, say, you know, the rainforest in um, in Brazil and, you know, South America and things like that, like the just amount of land that they're clearing for agriculture. Um, yeah, you know, you know, just other examples, and they all start sort of piling up. And then, you know, the wildfires in Australia um, and just the dozens, if not hundreds, of species that have been threatened by that and... Then, you know, in the States with California, um, you, you know, sort of the wildfires and stuff is, as well there and just the people don't really seem to, you know, be really, it's, it's more about the economic gain than it is about anything sort of lost in terms of the environment and that's quite, quite sad. Is it something that you've always been interested in? Like, is that just kind of a, a curiosity of yours or is like... Where, where's your interest level on, on that stuff? Definitely something that I've been trying to push awareness for as, as much as I can. Um, and as I said, like in New Zealand, we are quite privileged in, in that regard that we do have such a strong cultural conservationist bent. Uh, it's something that is, I think, sort of bred into a lot of Kiwis. Um, but trying to argue that on the international stage is very difficult you always sort of come across you know the economic issues you always come across um this sort of apathy towards it or the whole oh it's so big of an issue we can't really do anything about it how do we go against these corporations governments and all that sort of jazz and so it is something that i am if i could try to find a way in, in order to sort of get it through to people like i i wouldn't it's something that i probably will hamper on about just that little bit too much to the point where people sort of get, you know, exhausted by it. But yeah, you know, it's something that exhausts me. It's something that stresses me a lot out. A lot of my anxieties and stuff come from this. So it's something that I do hold quite dear to my heart because it's, you know, the planet that I live in and I, and I don't want to see it destroyed. It's the planet that the people I love live on and, and I don't want to see them being affected by it. It's something that's, like I have a niece and a nephew who are, you know, six months old or just about six months old at this stage. And it's the planet that they're going to be growing up in. And so it's thinking about well, what 
what is their quality of life going to be like if i am ever blessed to have kids of my own like what's what's the quality of life of them growing up what's the planet that they're going to inherit off me and so it's something that you know something that i do think a lot more people should be concerned about and a lot more people should be worried about interesting um and and i i agree and i i think there's a lot that we do that just kind of uh kind of leaves all of that conversation to the wayside um and kind of forgets about it um so i'm i'm curious then uh besides besides conservation what other kind of things do you um do you work towards and and do you do you work at well i'm currently training to be a counselor i've just finished my first semester and i passed with a roughly a b average i believe i haven't exactly done the maths on that um but yeah, so that's one of those things I, I want to do counseling. So I think like mental health is another issue that is being widely ignored. Um, and I, I believe it does have wider cultural ramifications in, in, in terms of not looking after people's mental health. I think that a lot of the issues that we are seeing, you know, economically, environmentally, all that sort of jazz can be addressed from a mental health point of view. I, th- I think if people were more in touch with their feelings, were more able to communicate how, how they were being affected by things, things like that, then we would probably live in a better world. That is the hope, that is the dream, that is what I'm working towards. And so I, I am working towards that, but also I'm an improviser. I, I want to entertain people. I, I, I don't want to be all doom and gloom and glower. I, I want to, you know, bring smiles to people's faces. I want to make people laugh. I want to, you know, mix the sort of here's something we can do about but let's do it with a smile on our face sort of philosophy hmm. and and we've talked about that uh, a little bit in our previous conversations um and so how do you like i guess what does mixing that improvisation with the psychology what does that look like practically what do you do like for me it, a lot of it comes with confidence a, a lot of it's um it's about self-worth it's about believing that you're yeah, you know, that your words are worth being heard. Um, so a lot of improvisation, it's, uh, you sort of have to leave your ambitions at the door. It's sort of one of those things where you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to allow your vulnerabilities to show through. You have to put suggestions and ideas out into the world and see how other people respond to them. Uh, and, and so a lot of it's what I'm working towards the, the program that hopefully I'm going to build um be sort of focusing on young people and you know getting that self-esteem issue dealt with getting them to you know actually sort of believe in themselves and to actually have that sort of confidence to say you know you know what i want to be a tree boom i'm a tree you know and then sort of tell them you know you be the best tree you want to be you you live that tree life and yeah you know and sort of really installing them this sense that they can do anything that they want to, that they can achieve anything if they work towards it. And But they shouldn't be hampered by the idea of what other people perceive them to be, is, is that they shouldn't allow society to tell them who they're going to be. They should have the confidence and the voice to say to society, this is who I am and accept me for that. And so I think like that's my philosophy. And practically that just comes with things like teaching them how to speak properly, you know, giving them voice training, teaching them um, 
embodiment, how, how to hold themselves in their body, how to, how to present confidence to the world, uh, how to you know, allocate their, their ideas um, with the improv, get them thinking, get the brain working, get them to be able to sort of analyze their own ideas on the fly and to sort of really get a good sense of who they are and who they want to be and how they can present that to the world, how they can be the best version of themselves as opposed to constantly undermining themselves and constantly thinking, no, well, would people like me if I'm like this? Or how, I don't know, how is this going to come across? How, is, how are people going to view me? But instead have that confidence to say, you know, this is who I am, accept me. And, you know, to do it laughing, to do it with a smile, to actually, yeah, you know, be entertaining and witty and charming all at the same time. Hey, future Alex here. Just popping in to say you're gonna love what we talk about after the break. But in the meantime, I want to add that you might also enjoy listening to Waffles and Mario talk about things. That is, of course, Waffles' show. We talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. But here's a sneak peek of their show. Gar, Captain, what's that behind you? Hey, I don't know. What be that behind me, lad? Look, look behind you. Look behind you. I'm looking behind me, lad. What is it? That's my knife in oh. your back. I'm Waffles. And I'm Mario. And together we're Waffles, Waffles and Mario talk, talk about, about things. Us things. Yes. Oh, we're still up for drinks. Oh, you know we're up for drinks. Right you know we're up for drinks. Right yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. That was improvised. What if you want us to talk about? That's that's the gimmick. We can talk about stories we've got, genre mashups, parodies, or even current news. We, we can talk about anything. Improv joke. Im- improv joke. Stand in- up. Insert joke here. Bet we can cut to. Bet we can cut to. Cut middle to of bumper. 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 It's pretty self-explanatory. It's in the name. Waffles, Waffles and Mario talk about things. So come on down and find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get good podcasts from. We're on Twitter at Waffles underscore Mario. We're a proud member of the Necropoticon Network. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen. Now, back to the show. I'm curious what your experience has been like. Um, has has improv helped you uh, build that confidence for yourself? And maybe walk us through a little bit of, of that experience of, of turning into waffles using improv. So I was always very, to put it nicely, flamboyant as, as a child. Um, high energy, you know, just always living in my own imagination. And so my parents, very wisely of them, uh, decided to enroll me in acting classes to, you know, refine some of that and to actually, you know, utilize that as best as possible and actually hopefully, you know, build that into something productive. Uh, and so I started doing an after-school course um, learning the basics, learning what a script is, learning dialogue, learning how to back and forth with other actors, other like-minded people, teamwork. A lot of it is teamwork, building up those relationships. And so then I started doing auditions, started doing a lot of children's theater because I was only sort of 10, you know, 10, 11 at the time. Uh, and so a lot of that was building confidence. Actually, there's something quite intoxicating about the sound of applause of when you've finished a scene when you've finished the show and you're there taking the bow and the audience is clapping along and laughing and enjoying it and there's something there's a feeling that you are always craving it's an addiction it's it is something that sort of 
gets into your bones, gets into your soul, and you just want to keep doing it forever. And then I discovered improvisation at high school. Um, there was a lunchtime improv group um, that a lot of the older acting students would run. So you'd come, you'd eat your sandwiches, you'd watch them do a couple of shows, then you'd, you know, if you felt confident, you'd volunteer and you'd do a couple of shows. And that's where actually where the name Waffles came from uh, is because, as you can probably tell, I, I enjoy talking. I like talking a lot. So you could say that I waffle on. And and so, you know, I would waffle on a lot. And so that was a discipline of actually learning sort of how to not waffle and actually how to, you know, get to the point, be distinct. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so sort of building up and actually sort of not having a script, not having to prepare anything, but just being in character in the moment and being open to suggestions, being a lot of it is listening to to what other people are doing as well. Um, knowing when to give suggestions and when to build on other people, there's a skill to that. Um, but it just comes with practice. It's, it comes with trust and communication. Um, and so doing that uh, for, you know, about three years in high school was was good. Um, and then I got hit by a car, broke my knee, and spent three years in a deep depression. Um and that wasn't great, but what really got me through it was going back to that uh, amateur acting was to get, as soon as I could walk again, I was trying to tread the boards again. Um, and so I quit school um, because, you know, I spent six months in hospital. Um, it was not a, a, not a nice break. It had to have surgery. It was, yeah, not a great period of my life, but acting, actually sort of getting back on the boards, um, connecting in with a lot of my friends, um, you know, building back into that community, it sort of gave me something to do, gave me something to focus on. It's allowed me to think of other people instead of just wallowing in my own self-pity. Uh, and so actually sort of being accountable of actually having to show up to rehearsals, having to show up on stage, actually, you know, being present with other people as well. It's something quite powerful um, about that, um, to sort of be needed, to, to be part of of a team to be part of a community um is it gives you this great sense of self-worth it gives you this great sense of self-confidence like even if you don't believe in yourself there's other people who believe in you enough to want to work with you um and so there was a lot of that and that's actually what first got me onto the idea of thinking look if if we could somehow harness this energy harness the you, you know the wholesomeness and the goodness of, of sort of acting and improvisation and the community around that because just one of the observations that I saw was a lot of people who go into the theater a lot of people who go into acting have mental health issues there a lot of depression a lot of anxiety a, a lot of low self-esteem and low confidence and they're looking for that community they're looking to have those things addressed and and a lot of them do work through a lot of their issues by acting by uh, you know being part of of that community it's, it has a lot of positive aspects to it just aside from the fact that it's entertaining and fun and so thinking if you can take yeah you know good proper mental health practices and counseling and therapy and things like that and apply it to that creative community you know apply it in a way that is a bit out of left field, is, is, isn't just lying on the couch and talking about your feelings, 
but actually able to act through it and actually able to have some of these practical skills, you know, associated with it, then who knows how, how powerful that could be. And that's what I'm really hoping to achieve. And that's where the Waffles brand really sits. That would be awesome. Um, I, yeah, I've told you before, I think that that's a fantastic idea. Um, and, and I, I think it's, it's, um, probably something that would be incredibly effective for, for helping people. Like you mentioned, like a lot of people are already doing it right. Um, and probably without realizing that it's a therapy for them. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Like, like the moment that it clicked for me was the moment. So it's like, oh, this is actually therapeutic. This is actually helping me work out issues. Um, I think I was in, uh, in a class in Auckland. I, I was doing sort of proper actual technical theater training. I, I decided to actually um, pursue acting as, as a career, which is something, you know, still potentially could happen if, a, if I, you know, luck out. Um, and as part of that, there was a moment when we were, we were workshopping something we were doing um, sort of trying to figure out a soundscape or, or, or something. And one of the other classmates just, they were having a lot happening in their life. They were very stressed, very anxious. Um, and it all came to a head and they sort of had a bit of a breakdown. Um, but instead of anybody judging them or getting disappointed in them, everyone was just immediately supportive and immediately, you know, relating. They were all sort of, understood and and they could all see it and that's really where it clicked for me I was just like, oh wow this is there's something here there's something in this um and then being able to actually work through a lot of those issues and actually come out better on the other side and actually seeing the practicalness of it working and actually seeing the the change in everybody throughout the year when we sort of first met as 12 strangers and then sort of left as you know, people who had this profound respect for each other, this, this sort of, there's something bonding uh, about acting, there's something bonding ab about going through that. And so you, you leave as more than friends, you leave as, you, you almost see them as, as a human, you see them as an equal, you see them as who they are want to be who they are, actually really are and there's something quite vulnerable in that but there's yeah something that I think that you don't you can't have these breakthroughs you can't achieve you know proper healing without being vulnerable without you know actually being a bit open and acting is just such a shortcut into the vulnerability it's such a it's a underutilized exploit on, on how to really get to the heart of emotions because uh, a lot of acting is it's just emotions it's about trying to connect into emotions conveying emotions and you can't really convey the emotions of a character without really understanding the emotions of yourself um, and understanding how they differ and, and how, the, how they are the same and so it is using that sort of shortcut using that sort of little key of breaking down people and getting them at their most vulnerable so then you can build them up again then you can actually really get to the heart of the issue really you know get to where the pain and the trauma is and, and address it and actually do something about it and actually sort of you know tell people there's this freedom you can be whoever you want to be and your past doesn't have to define you 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 don't have to be defined on what other people have told you who you are you you can actually define yourself you can 
you, you know, actually say, you know, you know, I am here and I want to be this and boom. And acting is just, it's great for that, you know. And yeah, it's just all these ideas of actually observing it in practice, observing it actually happen in real time and actually thinking if you can actually apply some actual proper, you know, academic standards to this. Actually, I'd love to you know, study it and write papers on it and actually sort of hopefully get it out into both the wider acting community as, as a resource for them, but also into like the uh, therapy community, the counseling community, the mental health community and get them thinking about these things as well. And like for me, it's acting for other people. It might be music or it might be painting or sculpture or, or whatever it is, whatever, you know, skill set that they have at hand, um, that it's not just talking, but it's, it can be the practical side of counseling as well. It can be the more hands-on physically doing things side of, counseling that isn't just sitting in a room for an hour and talking about issues but actually practically working through them yeah yeah um i i really like all of what you said um specifically though about it you know what you just mentioned about it being these creative things um and how it's different for each person i mean for me personally i find podcasting I find having conversations like this and and asking questions and then getting to to share it with people and and doing the artwork around it and and all of that to be very fulfilling and personally therapeutic. Um, that's probably why I do multiple shows because it just it feels good to me. I always tell people I'm like it's me plugging the hole in my heart uh, with with podcasting. I love it and um, and. And and I do think that those things, especially because they're productive, it has you doing something and it has you making something and expressing things. So you mentioned a couple times in there about um, about how it allows you to become somebody and it allows you to become the person that you want to be. So I'm I'm curious, Waffles, who do you want to be? I want to be somebody who's always laughing or always joking always entertaining i i my goal in life is to see other people smile like if i can get a smile out of somebody then i know i'm achieving good in the world and so i want to be an entertainer it's the at the core of my being who i've discovered what is effortless for me what doesn't take any energy something i could do all day is be entertaining well hopefully um, and so who waffles, even the name waffles, why I stay, you know, this high school nickname that I'm still using, you know, over a decade later, you know, that's, you know, I am waffles. I am somebody who's, oh, that's an interesting name. That's a strange name. You know, I'm a talker. I'm an entertainer. I want to, I want to see people smile. That's who I am. Who are you? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm a lot of things, I guess, but I say, I'd say I, I primarily would define myself as a podcaster. That's my, that's my thing. Uh, and good, good thing to be. Yeah. I, I love it. And maybe more broadly, I'd say I'm a storyteller. I'm very fascinated by stories. I love, like, I love learning about different stories and different narratives. Um, and, and the, the stories that we tell ourselves are particularly fascinating to me. Yeah, um, no, good. I, I would have. Yeah, I, I see I, that I, in you. I, I, you really do have a talent for storytelling, and I want to encourage you and say that you you are a storyteller. You want to be a storyteller. You are. You are a storyteller, and you're really good at it. 
Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I have a, I have a f- few more questions for you. Um, and, and I think maybe, maybe now is a good time, uh, to, to talk about, about your nickname and, yes. and your legal name. Yes. <laughs> um, and <laughs> because I think you are one of the very, very few people, actually, you're one of the very, very many people, but the very few people that I know, um, personally who can understand, uh, something that I've suffered with my whole life. And that is having a generic name. So, so why don't you tell us what, what your name is? My name is something that might be familiar to a couple of your listeners. I am Alex Williams. <laughs> Fantastic. You're the, you're the second Alex Williams we've had on the show. Funny enough, the other one has been on every single episode. Yes. And so, and so uh, that I, I assume is part of why you've allowed the nickname of Waffles to, to stick. I was... Never in a class growing up, they didn't have at least one other Alex, sometimes two or three Alexes in in the class besides myself. A lot of work situations I've been in, there's been other Alex. I've been, I played sports and I can remember I was um, the goalie for my uh, football team and they also had a goalie called Alex on the other side as well. Um, And so it's a name I've come across a lot. I did have a secret fantasy as as a child of somehow inviting every single Alexander in the world onto an island and just leaving them there and being the only Alex in the world because they like the <laughs> just name. Just leaving? Al- <laughs> yes, because I, I like the name Alex. I, I actually think it's a cool name, um, but it's very, very common. <laughs> it is. It is super common. Um, and I, I'm always telling people how like how other Alexes feel about each other and uh, you you find other names, and they all like hate each other. But I feel like, at least in my experiences, Alex are pretty, you know, welcoming, welcoming and open, open people. Oh yeah, like don't get me wrong, I love other Alexes. Other Alexes are cool people. I've never met an Alex who, I, well, there was one Alex I didn't like. Um, but the vast majority of Alexanders or Alexandras or Alexises or whoever other Alexes have been good genuinely cool people who oh i've appreciated but we all have oh you're an alex oh <laughs> oh another one Ugh. we've all met other alexes we all know the pain of not being distinct yeah yeah and and so we have to do things like call ourselves waffles or in my case yes. throw an n in in the last name just yes. to kind of be like oh this is my twitter handle no nobody else nobody else can have it yes. um yeah, so I I appreciate um, now having somebody who can understand fully because I mean Alex is a common name, but then Williams on top of it, right? It's like an extra layer of commonality. Oh yeah, just the most generic of generic names. Yeah, yeah. Very hard to stand out. <laughs> it's it's like I'm Alex Williams. So is this guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So is a million other oh, people. <laughs> so many, so many. Uh, but it kind of you know. Now that I'm older, I've embraced it a little bit more growing up. I had a hard time, but now now I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, so so then uh, second last question here. Um, your podcast. Yes. Um, Waffles and Mario talk about things. It's hilarious. We've Thank had you. Mario on here. Uh, I, I think I think at the scheduling of these episodes, it'll be like two or three weeks apart or something like that. Um, but yeah, had had Mario on here and it was awesome uh, to chat with him. 
Um, but yeah, he's a good bloke. He, he's a good bloke. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys do on your show? All right. Um, so this is the second podcast that we've done together. The first one has been lost to history and will never be heard because it wasn't that good, but it was good practice. So this one that we do, Waffles and Mario Talk About Things, um, it's improvised comedy, it's parody, it's us for half an hour a week just unleashing all our pent-up you know, creative juices that we weren't able to exercise. And so we usually go in, we have a rough idea of what we want to talk about. Sometimes it's a suggestion that somebody's given us. Sometimes it's just a short conversation beforehand of, oh, what are you feeling this week? Oh, I'm feeling like talking about this. I'm like, cool, that's what we're talking about. And then we try to find the comedy. We try to find the narrative, I, I suppose, even though that really comes across. Um, and yeah, we just give ourselves no restrictions just whatever comes out of our mouths that's what we're going with there's been sort of moments that we both surprised ourselves in terms of okay we're doing this uh and we've it's exciting there's the you when you begin the episode you have no idea none whatsoever on how it's going to end um and yeah, and, and so it's it's crazy, it's wild, and we love doing it, and we really appreciate that other people seem to, for whatever reason, love listening to it. <laughs> I, I I think it's really funny, and it's just some entertainment. Uh, and when, you, when you're listening to it, it's just like there are all these twists and turns. It's like, wait a second, what? <laughs> you know, where did that come from? Um, and you guys, you guys do a really good job at the yes ending, you know, the just keep it rolling, just roll with it. You know, now we're doing this. Now we're talking about this. Um, and, and I'm, I, I've been thoroughly entertained by it. Um, so, uh, with that last question for you, um, when you're at the end of your life, hopefully you've lived, you know, 150 years, that'd be ideal. Um, and, <laughs> And you're looking back um, at everything that you've done, at all the different things that you've learned and experienced, um, and the people that you've interacted with. What are the things that you're most proud of and or satisfied with? I think if I'm at the end of my life, I will be trying to remember all the smiles. I will be trying to remember every laugh. I think that what I would like to hold on to, what I, uh, what I would like my final memories to be would be the joy in, in life, the interactions, the conversations like this, um, you know, the actual sort of getting to know people, the, um, you know, the relationships uh, that I've forged. Uh, I think that's what I will hold dear. Like, it's no matter what materially I, I achieve on this planet and on my time here, no matter what, how much wealth I've accumulated or haven't accumulated, no matter how much success I do or do not have in, in whatever my career ends up having to be, you know, even if I, you know, remain a barista for the rest of my life and make, you know, a billion coffees, it, it'll always be the people. It'll, it'll be the, you know, the, the heart of it will, will be the smiles, the joy, the conversations, the tears wiped away, the hugs, the the handshakes all all that stuff that's what i value that's what i hold dear and so that's what i will look back on and remember fondly that's what i will hopefully you know descend into my wrist you know 
with that in my heart. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, I, I, I guess with that, where can, where can people find you? Uh, so I am online uh, on Twitter at either Waffles the Magic or one word or uh, Waffles underscore Maria, uh, which is the uh, Twitter handle of the podcast. Um, if you search Waffles and Mario talk about things, uh, you, you should be able to find our, our podcast wherever you find good podcasts. We've tried to make it available as widely as possible. Um, but yeah, also if you're in a random cafe in New Zealand, you might find me there either making or enjoying a good brew. So yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for listening. Not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco, 